So just where is Australia right now? Consumer confidence is lower, but demand is still resilient and companies seem happy to pass on prices more than they're prepared to drop them. So does that mean that the RBA has got a long fight on its hands? Compare that with the UK, where wages are still rising, yet the expectation is that the Bank of England are now less likely to raise rates. Why is that? There's two questions that you may well find the answers to in the next 15 minutes or so. It's Wednesday, the 13th of September, 2023. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. So let's start with US stocks. Big falls again for the Nasdaq, down 1% at close, 0.6% down for the S&P 500, and a last-minute dip into the red for the Dow. So Tesla was down 2.2% on top of yesterday's big drop. Meta lost 1.9%. Apple down 1.8%. 1.7% down for Microsoft. You get the idea. Oracle shares down 13.5%. They missed their earnings expectations. That's the biggest drop in their share price in two decades. But banks doing okay. Bank of America is up 1.7%. Wells Fargo is up 3.7%. Shares are down in continental Europe, by and large, half percent down for the DAX, for example. But in the UK, the FTSE 100 is up 0.4%. We also saw UK 10-year gilts down six basis points to 4.41%. Uh, whereas little movement elsewhere in bonds, 10-year treasuries are down two basis points. But we did have a $35 billion auction of 10-year notes that came in at 4.289%, which is the highest result since 2007. Meanwhile, while Aussie 10-year yields pushed up one basis point yesterday to 4.16%, then another one basis point higher on futures overnight. The US dollar regained a little ground, up 0.2% on the DXY. The Aussie down 0.1% to 64.2 US cents, a similar fall for the pound, and the euro down 0.2%. The US dollar is up 0.4% on the Japanese yen, reversing a little of yesterday's gains for the yen. And oil, look at this, pushing higher. Brent now over 92, lifting 1.7%. That's a 1.9% rise in WTI as well, almost at 89 a barrel. Could we be heading to $100 oil again? Uh, It's certainly going to add to uh, headline inflation numbers. We get US CPI today. But what about inflation in Oz? Here's uh, NAB's Ray Actual. So I guess the worry in the NAB business survey yesterday was the price pressures, wasn't it? Still up there. Uh, and, you know, some of it, the retail price growth, but also wage price pressure. Yes, no, I mean, down a little bit. Morning, Phil. Down a little bit on um, the survey readings that we had for the prior month. But, um, you know, I think that, you know, the, the bottom line is that cost and price pressure growth uh, measures remained relatively ev- elevated in the survey, as, of course, you know, did overall business condition showing a, um, you mm. know, a two point jump, jump and um, confidence as well, you know, showing um, all edged up two points and um, it's only a little bit below its its long run average. And, um, you know, I guess, you know, one of the interesting sort of takeouts is this sharp contrast between, you know, the evident resilience that's showing up in sort of business surveys. Um, and yet you look at consumer confidence that we also had yesterday today um, and it remains exceptionally weak kind of wallowing near you know gfc and pandemic era lows so you know it's a bit of head scratching to reconcile interest rates things. and i mean it's got to be a chunk well, of it. i mean i think that the, probably the point to make is we know from the q2 gdp numbers that um you know on a per capita basis you know there is a, a effectively a consumer recession and that is you know the impact of higher interest rates and ongoing you know weakness or declines in real incomes um you know um but then you also have to remember that we've got very strong levels of, of inward migration still so mm. from a business point of view there's still a lot of you know and the absolute level of consumer spending is still elevated even though we've seen slowing in the in the growth rate 
Um, yeah. So, you know, perhaps you reconcile that by saying, well, look, there's a, there's a lot more people in the country and they've got money to spend. And, well, that and makes business sense. So business, business is happy because they've got more people to sell to, even though they might be selling less to each individual person. So each individual's not feeling great, but business is doing great. Okay. And then there was that discussion paper from the RBA, wasn't it, saying that companies were worried about increasing cost pressures more than, you know, they're, they're basically happy to pass on those rising cost pressures uh, more easily than uh, falling cost pressures. And in other words, if input costs go down, End users don't don't necessarily see that fall, so we go through what we have: inflation followed by higher margins, followed by no deflation, and uh, you know consumer confidence is down, but business confidence is up. That would make sense, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. I guess so, yeah. But obviously, going forward, the issue is still you know if cost pressures remain elevated, you know will businesses continue to be able to pass on those those costs, or are we going to see you know some form of margin compression? They're too big a subject, I think, to uh, to address here, yeah. but uh, interesting yeah. nonetheless. Let's stop people at the border tomorrow and see what happens. <laughs> so there's the interesting thing. That's the, that's in Australia. In uh, the UK, labour market data overnight. This is interesting. A big fall in jobs, down 207,000, a bit more than expected. Also, a slowing in the claimant count. So presumably that means people are opting out of the workforce. But despite that, average earnings, including bonuses, up 8.5% year on year. It was expected to fall down to 8.2%. So wage pressures are sticking around. And yet... Bond yields are down a fair bit. Equities are up as though uh, there's hope of perhaps no further rises from the Bank of England next week. Yeah, certainly. I must admit, I was uh, seeing the figures you know, flash across the screen sort of mid-afternoon or late afternoon yesterday and, and seeing that headline earnings number, I thought, well, that seals the deal as far as uh, whether or not the Bank of England is going to uh, decide whether to raise rates next week. And, and, you know, 15 minutes later, we've got the pound lower and we've actually got money markets reducing somewhat the, um, the, the the pricing for a, for a rise next week. And if, actually, if you look under the hood, as the Americans would say, um, you know, the ex, ex bonuses, the rise was a lesser, you know, 7.8%, which was unchanged. But also that, you know, a lot of the strength that we did see is coming from the public sector pay growth. We know we've had sort of big rises for mm. national health service workers, etc. Um, so actually, on a sort of sequential monthly basis, it looks like private sector wages hardly moved at all last month. And certainly, if you think about about um, that decision makers panel data that the Bank of England publishes, which was last week, which is a bit more forward looking. It's for August. Um, that's showing pay growth running sort of quite significantly below what these official numbers are showing. So, so I think the sort of the, you know the market's reflection on the on the appears to be that um, you know it's not a given that rates will rise. The Bank of England may look at some of these numbers, and you know to the extent that you know public sector wages are you know are driving some of the strength here. Um, you know we may say well that's great that health service workers are getting more income etc but those cost increases aren't something that the government passes on in higher prices if you see what i mean so it's yeah, not yeah. consistent this yeah. sort of wage price spiral that's obviously been a you know probably more um, evident in the uk than just about any other country you know doesn't necessarily apply in this mm. particular case where it's public sector wage builder that's seeing most of the growth yeah good point yeah you don't pass on the cost of health care when the cost of health care is free so yeah it doesn't matter does it so what about uk GDP then today. I mean, we know whatever it is, it's going to be it's going to be slow growth. Is it is it an important number today? But, uh, well, you know, it, it will be. We've got a whole raft of numbers. We haven't we got monthly GDP, industrial yeah. production, trade, construction output, etc. I'm not sure any of it will really move the dial. But uh, but yes, on uh, on GDP, looking for a fall, so that will attract lots of headlines. If we see a number close to the minus. 0.2% that's expected. But um, even if that is the case, the three-month on three-month uh, rate 
will still be positive at around 0.3%, I think, and that's up slightly on June. So it would still be saying that, um, you know, for all the, um, you know, all the recession talk in the UK that's been going on for what, six, nine months now, um, you know, the numbers aren't st- are still not confirming that the UK is, is, is stuck in recession. Mm. Well, maybe just a matter of time. And what about Europe then? So the German Zoo Survey, the sentiment index itself actually rose, uh, you know, we're talking negatives, of course, from minus 12.3 to minus 11.4 when it was actually expected to get worse. It was, I think it was expected to get down to minus 15. So it's better than being really bad, if that's any uh, reassurance. But the assessment of the current economic conditions, that fell 8.1 points to minus 79.4, which is the lowest it's been in three years. So this is analysts basically saying, well, it's really bad now. Are they just saying, well, it's got to get better? Hasn't it? I mean, it's can't get any worse. It's got to get better. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, you, you do wonder whether there's a bit of eternal optimism there, and uh, does the you know that rise in expectations does it represent the triumph of and of hope over reality? But uh, as you say, that number seven minus seventy nine point four for September, um, you know, was a level last seen during the pandemic and uh, and back during the GFC. So you know, and that certainly chimes with you know we saw downgrades from the European Commission on on German growth coming through um, earlier this week. Um, you know, so, but but it does seem that, um, you know, maybe things, you know, aren't quite as bad as they seem. But certainly the expectations number, you know, would suggest that. But, um, you know, but overall, a pretty mixed picture to, to little overall market reaction. Yeah, the European Commission gave them a negative number, didn't they, for, for this year. So, uh, and the European-wide zoo sentiment index, that also fell actually more than expected. So from minus 5.5 to minus 8.9. So with a slightly slong, higher expectation for Germany, uh, everyone else must be looking really gloomy as well. But look, um, just let's quickly look at the elephant in the room today as well. Brent, up to 92 a barrel now. Last week, we saw uh, 6.3 million uh, a drawback in inventories in the US on top of 10.6 million the week before. And of course, we get new inventory figures uh, early tomorrow morning. Are we heading for oil shortages? Is that what's, what's happening? And when are we going to see this reflected in uh, in the headline inflation numbers? Because it's got to play its part, obviously. <coughs> We're going to see it tonight in US CPI is the short yeah. answer there. So yeah. if you look at the... Uh, that, that was a segue, by line. the way, right? That's what we call Thank a segue you. in the trade. <laughs> God, you're smooth, aren't you? But uh, yes, um, we are going to see it as early as today because the consensus for US headline CPI is 0.6% on the month. And for the core number, which strips out food and energy, 0.2% and higher gasoline prices are the uh, are the expected culprit for that. Um, so, I mean, the broad story is still one of the impact that the in a OPEC, the Saudi and OPEC plus um production cuts basically where demand is still at running at elevated levels is this the primary reason that we're seeing this strength um you know we've been saying that we thought oil prices would be heading you know up to at least 90 dollars and probably higher than that during the fourth quarter and that's certainly playing out that way i guess the issue is at what level and and it's probably somewhere you know not much above 95 dollars where we probably would expect to see opec putting crude back onto the uh, onto the world oil market so we're not in that sort of hundred dollar oil camp but um you know certainly feel that the you know, 90 dollars plus is fully consistent with the current supply demand characteristics of the market right and with the us cpi uh you know okay we know what that all gets factored into the headline rate but that core rate as you're saying sticking it around 0.2 percent per month is the expectation 
What if it doesn't? What if it ticks up a little bit? How are markets going to react to that, given that we've, we've told ourselves, you know, soft landing, soft landing all the way? Well, n- well, not well, I think, would be the answer. I mean, we've had point twos for the previous two months. So if we get another mm. point two, we're saying, well, look, you know, at an annualised rate, we're running at, you know, barely two and a half percent. That's great news. I think it would consolidate the view that the Fed is going nowhere. But, you know, a point three, I think, would, would set a few hairs running, saying, oh, it's a possibility that the Fed would move next week. I don't think that's still pretty unlikely, but what it would do is reinforce the view that the Fed is is, is not in any position to sound the all clear as far as a peak in um, the Fed funds rate is concerned. And, and looking at the surveys, incidentally, there's I think there's one out of 62 analysts who are going for 0.1, so um, they could they might be a hero tonight. And uh, there's definitely a skew to, you know, towards 0.3 or even 0.4 rather than 0.2, even though that 0.2 is a quite widely held um, consensus, but the, the risks would seem to be more on the side of a, of an, a higher than expected than lower than expected number. Right. So the only other big bit of uh, data, apart from obviously all the UK numbers that we talked about, is uh, Japan's uh, producer prices today. And normally that, that might not be that exciting because we'd be going, whatever it is, the Bodge isn't going to do anything about it. But uh, maybe maybe now, uh, given what's been happening over the last few days, uh, maybe there's a bit more interest in these numbers. Yeah, no, I think so. I think so for sure. So, um, you know, and obviously, you know, the market, the, those UADA comments from the weekend are continuing to reverberate around markets, although, you know, there just seemed to be a bit of sort of rowing back from them, from some government officials yesterday saying that, uh, you know, we thought that his speech was or his comments were fully consistent with them, you know, keeping on with Will Altruzzi policy. And arguably that is the case for the time being, at least anyway. So, uh, yeah, that's interesting. We also get New Zealand food prices, which, um, you know, will feed into their sort of next CPI numbers. And, uh, you know, what happens there, people do sort of glance across to see, you know, whether that might be mimicked here in Australia. So Mm. that's worth a, a passing reference, at least as well. Right. So a bit to watch out for today, but that'll do us for now. Thanks, Ray. Cheers, thanks for And that is the morning call for this Wednesday morning. I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. Back again tomorrow morning. See you then.